Here's another Heard in the Streets at the Islet Study Conference in Vancouver. And we have one of the presenters from day three here in front of me. Uh, maybe you can start by introducing yourself. Yes, of course. So my name is Olof Idevan Hagren. I come from Uppsala University in, in Sweden. And I, I run my own research group since a few years. And, and we are interested in, 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 in the cell biology of the beta cell. So trying to understand uh, how insulin secretion from the beta cell is regulated and how that regulation is changed in, in type 2 diabetes. And so during this meeting, what, what we showed yep. uh, was that uh, we have identified or shown that, that the beta cells are equipped with small antennas called primary cilia. So these are, these are equipped with a lot of different receptors. And these receptors can sense factors that are released inside these, these pancreatic islets. And, and what, we've, what we've discovered is that, that these antenna-like structures, uh, they, they have their own intrinsic signaling properties. And that signaling inside these cilia can then control uh, programming of the islet cells to change the behavior of the islet cells. And I think what is quite interesting is that there has been a, a number of publications in recent years, not from our group, but from other groups, that kind of indicate that, that changes in, in genes that control the formation of cilia, the movement of cilia, the organization of cilia, they are altered in, in type 2 diabetes. And, and they are even altered early on in the disease. So perhaps even before you, you, you get the diagnosis or at the onset of, of the disease. So, so that kind of indicates the changes in these, these small antenna-like structures may be, may be an early stage towards the development of type 2 diabetes. So, so that's what we're trying to understand. We're trying to understand what these, these small structures do inside the, the islets and, and with the hopes of, of being able to, to, to perhaps restore the function of, of, of these structures as a way to, to delay or prevent the development of diabetes. Oh, that was great. That was great. So, um, so another question here: What are your biggest takeaways from this conference? What you, what's what's the biggest learnings? Like your favorite things? Okay, I, I think there are a couple of things that I have really found fascinating at this meeting. So, so, so first of all, I, I, I think I think the fact that we're appreciating now the the enormous diversity of 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 the islet. So, so an islet is not an islet. Each islet is unique, and we need to understand. It's, it's quite obvious that the islets are, are unique and in diabetes maybe some islets are more susceptible to stressful stimuli than others and trying to understand the heterogeneity of the islets and then the different types of islets and also within a single islet there may be alpha cells, beta cells and delta cells but if you look at them more in depth there are beta 1 cells, beta 2 cells, beta 3 cells so not all cells are identical and this kind of old classification based just on the presence of insulin and glucagon or somatostatin may not be entirely correct anymore. And I ah. think for me, working with, with single cells, doing imaging of a single cell, uh, it, it's really important information to know that just because it is insulin positive doesn't mean that it behaves the same as another insulin positive cells, but there are different populations of cells. And trying to understand how these, these different populations contribute to islet function and whether some of them perhaps are again more susceptible to, to, to stressful stimuli that, that's something I think that that's a really important future direction. Ah, so when you come back you're going to start looking at 
looking on the at the cilia and see if it's actually different yes. in different islands and different yeah exactly I mean, I, I, we see that we see there is yeah. a huge variability especially in islets from from human donors where we can see some some islets there where 80 90 percent of the cells have a cilium and some where only 10 percent have it and we do not really understand the mechanistic basis for this but, but but I think that's 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 really really interesting and it might indicate that there is a, a progressive loss of cilia or that there are there are certain cell types that that don't have them or where where sort of they are more sensitive to stress and therefore they they are lost early on so so I think that's that's something that I that I, I bring with me when I go back to Sweden now continue continue on our work that is awesome that's very exciting uh, so next question um, so uh, in the space of diabetes research uh, where do you think more focus should be you know are there any gaps where you think I I don't know I mean, I'm a basic scientist and I, I think from from the basic science point of view I, I don't think so I, I think my own personal favorite is is, is is this personalized medicine where I think we have to we have to appreciate that that diabetes but probably both type 1 and type 2 but especially type 2 it's not it's not a single disease but it's it's a spectrum of diseases where where basically what what is common for them is is this impaired insulin secretion insulin resistance and and, and glucose intolerance but but what causes that may vary a lot and that's true also at the level of the island so so when you are when you are treating patients with, with type 2 diabetes you kind of need to know the underlying reasons for why they have diabetes and by knowing that you can also optimize the, the treatments thank you